What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here, and welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Happy Monday. And on today's episode, I have something special to talk about, and that is my recent trip to China. And this episode, I actually have two special guests with me, my buddy Ishan Goel and Karen Marjorie, aka Cutie Karen. And before I introduce them, I just want to say our trip to China this past week was phenomenal. We went out there to work with a company known as Huawei, which we'll get in depth about. But I just want to give a big shout out to Ishan for making this happen because I was super fortunate to tag along this trip for a week in China from Hong Kong to Shenzhen to Shanghai. It was phenomenal and we learned a lot. We met a lot of cool people and overall, what we learned from not only the people who worked for Huawei, but about the brand itself, we're excited to, I would say, go in depth on. So that being said, Ishan, what is up, my brother? What's up? Glad to be here. And Karen, what's good? Hi, what's up, Casey? All right, so real quick, I just want to get into it. Before we go into Huawei, I think the people in my audience probably have a good idea of who you are, Ishan. You've spoken to my events. We've been connected for the past yeah. three years. But for people that don't know, give a quick update. Sure. So I've been behind some of the most viral trends, like the selfie kid from the Super Bowl, uh, the picture with him next to Justin Timberlake, <laughs> and then the world record egg. I was behind that. It's, incre- it's crazy just watching all this stuff unfold and how viral campaigns end up happening. My whole thing is working with brands and companies and placing influencers on ongoing campaigns to better connect with Gen Z. I love it. So real quick before I introduce Karen too, I remember for those who didn't just pick that up, he was behind, I'm sure you guys know, the world record egg, which is the number one like picture on Instagram. It beat Kylie Jenner. And I remember the day this happened, it, when it was blowing up, I was calling Ishan like, dude, what is this thing? So Every single day. We're going to be doing a whole in-depth podcast into Ishan's story. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well as Karen. But Karen, for my audience who may not know who you are and what you do, please give us some context into who you are. Hey guys, so it's Karen Marjorie, also known as Cutie Karen on YouTube and Instagram. Um, I am a YouTuber with almost a million subscribers, which is pretty sick. Um, but not only am I an influencer, I also see myself as an entrepreneur. I started out my first company when I was 14 years old. It was a clothing line and uh, it was very interesting. It lasted about a year, but it taught me and brought me to who I am today. Um, I also got into fashion designing and now I'm working on the Cutie Karen brand and working alongside Aishan and Casey. So thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. This is like, I would say the first podcast that I've done this like three-way sort of introduction. So that being said, before we get into why we were there for that purpose, what is Huawei, Ishan? I want you to tell me and then I'll pull it up off of what I know. Yeah. So Huawei is a Chinese tech company that is the number one tech company uh, that makes our towers, cell phone towers, 5G, 4G, and all the tech, as well as uh, they're the second largest phone brand. I love it. So I'm going to read this off Wiki real quick. If those who don't know, Huawei Technologies is a Chinese multinational technology company that provides telecommunication equipment and sells consumer electronics, including smartphones, headquartered in Shenzhen, China, which where we were. And yeah, for those who don't know, Huawei right now is really big in the media. They're getting a lot of bad press. And in the United States. In the U.S., which this podcast is hosted out of. And Isha, why do you think that is right now? Because obviously, prior to me going to China, I wasn't familiar with Huawei itself. I love the phones. We all have a Huawei phone now, and yeah. they're amazing. But why do you think the press is attacking them in the U.S. so bad? So right now, the, the White House is dealing with a lot of trade issues uh, between almost every country you can think of, specifically China. And Huawei is actually at the front and center of this trade war. And a lot of people are looking at this as a big turning point for our relationship with the overseas Chinese companies and brands. So they're looking at Huawei and a lot of U.S. media has talked about a lot of negative things like how they spy on us and how their phones aren't good. But the truth is Huawei tech is used all over the United States. It's used in phone towers that you're probably connected to right now. Yep. And they're actually – actually they were or they they were on the entities list. They're actually on a 90-day retrieve right now. But it's 
insane just watching this all unfold and being on both sides of it. For sure. And, and real quick, for those who don't know, so Huawei, they do over $107 billion a year in annual revenue, and they have over 188,000 employees. So I want you to just think about this and really understand the context of the company we visited, because this isn't just your average small business, right? This is a global enterprise. And real quick, one of the headlines, which I think people will be interested in, is it says, Huawei says U.S. ban will cost it $30 billion in lost revenue. We were actually there when that headline was all launched, uh, yeah. when the CEO of Huawei actually interviewed with CNBC, and then they went viral from there. Yeah, insane. Uh, but just watching this and hearing them on the inside about how how they how their relationship and how they don't talk anything negative about the U.S., but the U.S. just looks at them as a enemy almost. All the headlines, at least coming from the White House, yeah, seem yeah. to be very, very, very negative. Uh, but in turn, in time, we've been able to see their tech is impressive. We've tried out their phones. We've tried out their, their VR. VR. We've, we've checked out their factories where we saw literally eight people per production line, and they were coughing out hundreds of phones per per what was it per hour i think it was every 18 seconds a new phone that's insane came out of the assembly line thousands of phones per hour it's just insane in, insane just watching their production and we were able to get really really in depth with the company and get behind the scenes where a lot of people haven't really been able to see uh, a lot of people when they think of china they think of just a negative stuff right yeah, away yeah, yeah. We, the united states prize is a land of the free uh which is very true but we've been able to really see the polar opposite of that and just see how the chinese government uses tech like the cameras yeah. and how they use huawei tech how they use alibaba tech um on on a daily basis and what the results are from that no i love it and real quick too i think one of the coolest things and we'll get into this but the campus that Huawei has. It's literally insane. I think they said they invested $1.5 billion into their new campus and it's modeled after 13 different European cities. And if you go after this podcast and see the content that we've been putting out on Instagram, myself, Ishan, and Karen, you'll see our recap video and you'll see all these crazy buildings. But the reason I bring that up is because you may be confused right now. You may be saying, all right, why did these individuals, Casey, Karen, Ishan, go to China to meet with the company Huawei that has negative press in the US, right? So Ishan, I know that you brought this opportunity to myself and Karen, and I'd love for you to give us some context about why we actually went there. And because we weren't just touring around saying hello and just, yeah, we didn't just decide to go. We got invited. So we got invited. Uh, my buddy Connor, Connor Blakely, told me about this opportunity a while back. He said, yo, do you want to go to China? Uh, we got to put some influencers together and make this trip happen. And from there, I kind of took charge of it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. I've never been to China, and I love exploring. And then I reached out to Casey, reached out to Karen, reached out to Brian, our videographer. And I was like, yo, let's go. Funny enough, Casey Adams over here already had a full 10-year Chinese visa that let's he go. had from a school trip. So that made the process almost simple as possible yep. but karen me and brian had to uh oh, we had to take a real quick trip out to la to even get our visas yeah that was a <laughs> let me say something real quick these people did not have their chinese visa like <laughs> 10 days prior to Less departure it was five days before departure. and if you know about chinese visas it usually takes a month almost two months to get it unless you expedite it but i was impressed like ishan I was, I was like how did you do that but they made it happen we and made it happen we ended we up get in china stuff done so boom yeah. Yeah, and we went there. We went there. So it's 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 crazy just watching like being behind the scenes on all of this stuff. I'd love to talk more about like what we yeah, learned. Yeah. So what would you say in terms of what I want to talk about today in the podcast? We talked about what Huawei is. We talked about why we're there. So what would you say was the number one thing you both learned? And I'm going to answer myself just from that experience of meeting all these different executives right. and on campus and everything. I'm going to back up a little bit because I didn't explain why we went. I said what what who invited us. So, the reason why we went was because they're trying to figure out how to put a stop to all this negative press. They want to, Huawei is a very open company. They give tours openly to the US media. They are very very open. They've always been open and they're not part of the government. They're a completely separate entity. Uh, is what we learned very quickly. Uh, they are, for example, Apple. They're the Apple of the Chinese market. And Apple doesn't control, the, the U.S. government doesn't control Apple, and Apple doesn't control the U.S. government. Same way Huawei doesn't control by the, 
Chinese government and Chinese is in control of Huawei. That's a very good point. That's what we realized pretty quickly early on. We had to go to the same system, same processes, go through normal routes. We were just normal people in China visiting Huawei. Yep. Uh, and it was quite impressive just meeting all the executives and just hearing what they had to say, what they had to say about their company, their visions for the company, like 5G, what's going to happen with 5G, how yeah. pumped everybody was at the company for 5G. We might not see 5G in the United States because of this trade war. We might not see it for another two years, five years, ten years. We don't know. But China, the Chinese marketplace is already ready to pump it out. It's where I think they give us an example where we can sit on a plane right before we're taking off. We can click a button. Yep. And by the time we're done looking at the phone, the movie will be downloaded within seconds yeah literally two like, seconds. And, and for those i'm not the biggest tech guy and just being there and sitting down and learning from their teams like i was just i was so invested in learning about what they were talking about and i know and i'm sure karen you can speak for this too like we were learning so much so quickly going from office to office to office learning about vr and everything that the, which the company's doing so what would you say just what was the something you picked away and learned from the experience just from a surface level perspective i think the biggest and coolest thing so i'm also not huge into tech either um but i have heard a lot outside um you know from my dad he's actually real invested into this huawei thing um but when we went in one of the their first campuses um there's a whole area full of just their their surveillance tech and you know how they can monitor um arenas with with heat or facial recognition things like that outside that was wild like they can literally detect you know what your temperature is as you're walking outside like when we walked straight into the airport into china the first thing there was a temperature check i was like i didn't know what that was until Huawei had to explain to me what that was so seeing this sort of interface you know being expanded into global daily life out there in china is absolutely insane to me for sure. 100%. To, to add more to the stadium thing, that was actually the most mind-blowing thing I saw was their simulation that they were running that's actually yep. being used in real life. But they're able to, from a computer program, and I have a picture of this on my phone. We might want to push this out somehow later down the road. <laughs> but it's it's their tech, and they're able to monitor how, lo- how loud the stadium is, how many home fans and away fans they are, the air quality in the stadium, how how close the fans are to each other, so that they, they can disperse them. They if can they disperse need to. if there's any type of possible collapse on the stadium. Exactly, yeah. and they're able to just see. They're able to see where emergency services are. They're able to see every detail and even watch the game in real time in the stadium from a computer screen. This is literally yeah, when you were when we were little and we used to watch things like like on TV shows where they like, like the holograms, yeah, the open screen yeah. and like everything's on the screen, yeah, every yeah. details on the screen. Uh, like white collar where they can just pull up whatever they want right away. Yep. That's literally real life. And didn't they say that Shenzhen was one of the um, the biggest cities with the most cameras? Like yeah. every street corner had a camera. Every, is that what they said? Every, every, every. Everything is monitored. And they were talking about this. And obviously to an American, when we walked in here, we were just kind of like nervous. We're yeah, like, it's oh. so different from the U.S. Yeah, we were just like, holy crap. We're and the perception camera. of Everywhere. China is different i feel like we talked yeah, about too. culturally it's a huge uh, yeah, difference I think it's a, yep that's what i was about to say culturally like, it's just a massive difference in terms of what the chinese people think and how they look at surveillance and how they look at yeah. privacy how they value it because that's what i was speaking to my dad about is like here in america we would not be happy with you know our faces being taken you know of every single time you walk outside but in china you know they i one of the executives spoke to us about how that has actually um rose in the the rates of like crime rate crime they rates, solve yeah. crimes within like a 12 hour period yeah. anything super they're, quick they're, they're able to completely monitor everything point to point whether there's a kidnapping or a purse snatching or someone going missing they can quickly see everything and they can pull it all out and i felt kind of confused by this when i first when she was telling me about it i was like okay cool like great you're surveilling everything. But then what if the wrong people get their hands on the surveillance? And these are questions I actually asked them and they said it's very protected. It's actually monitored. They're actually uh, matching the same level of privacy that Apple and all these other companies are supposed to follow. The thing is Huawei isn't monitoring anybody. They're providing the tech. They're the tech behind everything. It's like Huawei is 
the Apple again. So you can't blame Apple for what you do on your phone, just like you can't blame Huawei what happens with their tech and how it's being used or even misused. Yeah. So that's one thing that really I realized pretty quickly is they're not as scary as everyone says they are. Yeah. Um, no, I, mean, I think for we me were too. warned by everybody, like not to go, pretty not, much. Not to yeah. go, like everybody <laughs> at all. Like, I had comments on my Instagram. People were like, dude, can you even get back in the U.S.? Like, yeah. they're banned. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, like talking in such a negative connotation. They're like, the are you an enemy of the state? Like, like, literally. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you sure you can get back in? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I want to talk about – we had this lunch and one of, um, one of the people that worked for Huawei, he was asking us, like, why do you think – that perception is, especially like people, let's say in our generation or whatever it is, like, cause I went to China three years ago and like, I was like super cool going to China, but like my parents, they've never traveled out of the country and the perception of even going to China outside of visiting Huawei, like it's just a negative, not a negative connotation, but like you just don't know what to expect. It's like the forbidden world. So what would you say about that? Just like, I just think it's just the cultural, cultural difference. They're, they're very, very, very closed off from the western world whether it's from the internet they're banning yep. social media you need a vpn to, a VPN access, to access anything. anything so they're very very strict the government is has a very heavy hand in everything for sure and for as an american and as an american that represents a particular political party i was a little bit blown away by that and made me very uncomfortable just seeing how much of a hand the government has in everything yep but it was also the polar opposite of what I've ever lived through. And sure. I was I was able to see like the way everything is ran and the way everything is running and it's yep. just the how quickly everything was how clean everything was, how nobody was doing anything. There wasn't really a homeless issue with such a big population. There wasn't I didn't see any like crime happen and I was out there walking on the streets. Safe. I was walking yeah. the streets at like with you guys at two thirty, three AM and we just felt like nothing was gonna happen. Yeah. In the USA, uh, you know, I'd rather, rather walk with my pocket knife on me or have my cell phone. I just, yeah, yeah. I just I felt like, <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was in a, a bubble of some sorts and a very safe bubble. And it's kind of crazy for me to say this because I just wouldn't want, the, I don't, I wouldn't want to live through that, but just experiencing it from the behind the scenes yeah. of the tech and then also going through it in real life was just. Which is crazy. The thing about China is they have such a large population. They have yep. billions of people. And when you have such a large population base, controlling these many people becomes an issue. And I kind of get why Chinese, the Chinese sure. government does this. They have this. their law that you cannot have more than one kid after a certain year. That, I believe that's, that... It's, it's, that still, it's still a thing. Is that still a yeah, thing? Yeah, still a thing. They're overpopulated, I think it might bro. be, but I'm not fully informed. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know exactly. I know that one-child policy is, was taken away a long time ago but would not be surprised if when i was there three years ago it was a thing that's all i know so i don't know yeah so uh 100 though i mean i it's quite crazy just just piecing all this together now like yeah. just sitting down and just recollecting my thoughts For of sure. all of it. And, and i want to say this too because i, I want to kind of make it so we all get to say something like as a consumer of the tech of the huawei p30 pro they all sent us phones before we went out to visit them and we've all been using them as Ishan has three phones now, so he's been using it as his third phone. Karen has her second and mine as well. Just what's been your experience with the actual phone itself, P30 Pro as a consumer, outside of visiting the company from a like a consultant perspective? Like what's your what's your thoughts? So so I'll jump in on here for this. So I am an iPhone fan. I've always loved the iPhone and I've always stuck by it and I still will. Um so I've never really used an Android. Now a Huawei phone is an Android phone. Um and the whole interface and the way that the screen is set up is very interesting. It's something I'm not familiar with, so I do have to get used to it. However, I do, like, the screen is super clear. The graphics are very sharp. And the camera is what I think would sell me on it. The camera is absolutely amazing. It has a zoom that I think goes up to 50 times yep. plus or so. I could read things that my eyes couldn't read. You know, who needs binoculars when you got a Huawei phone? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, this phone is insane. Just it has four cameras on the back of it. it has it's one like in the it front. It takes great photos in night mode. Oh yeah, dude. When we took the first picture in night mode of all in China and I'll be posting these and letting you guys know which ones are taken in night mode. Insane. It crushes the iPhone camera by 100%, 10x. 100%. And I'm a loyal iPhone follower, so 
I, I really Just, think yeah, seeing the other side of Apple like, needs to like adapt this. to something like that. I think Apple's yeah. behind on, on like from on a the, smartphone perspective, hundred percent tech, the battery, reverse charging. You can charge your iPhone oh. with the <laughs> Huawei phone. That was the most hilarious and contradicting thing I've seen. Like we were at the Apple store and I'm like, wait, do they have a does this place have a portable charger or whatever? And I go to the settings to see if it has the reverse charging on the new Huawei phone and turn on reverse charging, you literally flip it upside down and put any device on it if it has the internal charging system and boom it charges your phone when i saw that i was like yeah they're way ahead of apple when it comes to just like the the tech inside of it the battery life insane i think it goes for like 50 hours or something like that or more yeah or it can go 90 plus i've seen that on mine there's (laughs) like an ultra power battery mode that's insane where it the only thing you can do is call and it like shuts everything else off that's insane. No, I personally love the phone. And like, what would you guys one through ten? What do you rate the phone for people that have, may be considering ever getting a Huawei phone I if they can? If in the for US. someone who has never tried, for someone who isn't loyal to the iPhone, I would say Huawei is an amazing place to start. It's a, it's a great bet, but it's also hard for me because I am an iPhone user for sure. and I'm just so used to the way that it works and I love iOS and I love the simplicity of it that I don't know if I can make a full transition. However, that doesn't deny the fact that it's still a great phone. I, I, I agree. I'm on the same page as that. I've grown up on Apple. I've been using it since I was literally 12 years old. So for me to think of a, a way for me to switch completely over to Android, it would be... Would be hard. I wish Huawei would come out with their with a new like software that would be completely theirs because Android is very spotty. It, it I yeah, feel like yeah. it, it allows too much. I can see information I don't even know what I'm reading sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's too much. It Got just, it. So too much. I want to talk about so just after your interaction with some of the employees, whether that's Joe or whether that's Chase or Emma, people that we got to truly know from Huawei. Like, what was what would you say you learned from like some of the people that are involved in Huawei and the way they treated us because I think that was a huge representation of what the trip was to us about how we were treated by the people that work for that company and shout out to Chase and Emma and everyone that we were with and Jenna and Jenna everyone so they were the squad in China super friendly super kind and they really brought us along I felt very welcome to China first time being in China yeah 100% like it was just insanely amazing and it was crazy seeing how much of an international like employee, employment base they had they yeah. had employees from New Zealand they had employees from um, America, yeah, America they had employees the, from Texas, Canada, Texas Texas Dallas <laughs> you name it like they had employees from everywhere so just seeing that how, Smooth how many people how many people there were there and how at home I felt away from home was for insane. sure we, we land in Hong Kong, and we're like, like the first time I went to Hong Kong, I was like, I was in my school, we were with the teacher, so me, Brian, Ishan, and Karen land, and we're just like, we are in China. <laughs> so we like, walk, what do we, do now? Like, yeah. we, we go through customs, we do all that sort of stuff, and then it's like, boom, there's the sign, the Huawei we sign, with, the sign. with their names on it, they speak, they speak English, we know, it, like, we understand them, it was an easy process, and I think that really just shows for, like, how the company... I see that as a customer service aspect of like the way they treated us is they're extremely organized. How they treat their customers. Yeah, sense. there was not a moment of complication or feeling of uncertainty. Everything was like mapped out down to the exact hour, which made us very like in tune with everything. Yep, fighting the jet lag on both sides have been, has been a uh, complicated. It's still a little. Rough. I woke up at three p.m. today. One hundred percent. This is it's been a uh, it's been a fun ride trying to beat this jet lag, but we can get through it on both ends. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were very very kind to that and give us a full day off yep. once we landed. And it was just I anyone I talked to at Huawei, they were very open. They were very friendly. Yep. Um It was just amazing just seeing all. And- of them. I saw it, and tell me if you agree on this, like, everyone that was there, I felt was, like, truly invested into, like, the the purpose of the brand, and they wanted the they brand to have a positive, positive image in America, and overall, everyone that we were able to learn from, they truly understood the viewpoint of America on Huawei and the direction that it was heading, and they were really people that we were able to build with, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say, too, and this is a question to the both of you is something that I saw as just someone that went to China is just from a cultural perspective 
I know Karen was a picky eater, and I don't know about you, Ishan, but <laughs> oh, what did you guys think huh. about China overall with the food, bro? It's such, they such a different vibe. They came out every single day with these like extravagant like, See, that's, animals. that's why it's a little biased, because we had a higher-end food the whole entire time we were there, from room service to full 10-course we meal. Yeah, with feasting. constant feasting. So I never really got to experience you know, the street food or You're just right. the normal food going into the You're mall, right. which I believe is you know the, the norm, the, the common food food which is what is the real chinese experience versus the high-end you know suited food we had beautiful beautiful dining areas like three times a day pretty much but it was lovely and i'm not gonna complain it was great yeah i'm grateful i realized i like duck that was cool (laughs) but i also realized i'm not a big fan of seafood and i you know that reconfirmed it for me i'm I'm half asian i should but i don't (laughs) for sure for sure so i want to talk about this too something very I would say cool that I learned was something that I already touched on. And that was just the new Huawei campus that we visited. They invested over $1.5 billion into this campus. And it sort of looks like a Disneyland overall. And if you watch the recap videos that we all posted on Instagram, you see this like castle looking like structures. And I just wanted to put that out there because if you see our content, you'll see this. So what would you say you thought of just like the way that they presented that to us? Because it felt like a magical wonderland, like walking into a different world. The campus was enormous. It was... It could have been a whole other city. Yeah. We had to get on a train to get to certain parts of the campus. Like I'm talking Universal Studio plus Disneyland side. That's it what it felt really, like. Was just, I was like, is this a movie set? Like yeah, coffee shops and restaurants. Full, coffee shops full, full every corner. Everywhere. And it was just like they... It was like it was a Seven Eleven on property. I was just like sitting there, like, "What is happening?" Yeah, yeah. And I was just impressed by just how everything was just put together and how because it just opened. So we were like some of the first people I would say visiting to even see. Did they, it over the did last they mention year. why they wanted it so extravagant and so fun? Or I, I don't think I'm we asked so. them that, but I, my guess is to make sure the employment the employees are very. It felt like. It's such a peaceful environment. Like I saw, we would go outside. There's like lakes, and there's like statues of different types of animals. It felt like you're in a park. You're in Disneyland, even though I've never been in Disneyland. It just felt like such a magical place. But it's obviously just it's a tech company that just I saw it as like you're in China, but they modeled their campus after 13 European cities. It was just like very unique and I think they took a lot of thought process into that and I think that really shows how they define themselves as a company in terms of like attention to detail and attention to their employees and overall how we see it as a consumer even their smartphone so I just wanted to say if you haven't seen our videos on Instagram go check them out because you'll be able to actually see and feel this campus because we got to get the whole tour of it and I think that was a highlight of my trip when it comes to Huawei in terms of like what I saw and what I learned from that, like, what would you say was one of sort of like your highlights of the trip? My highlight was definitely, oh, dude, the whole trip was so, so Yeah, the, I'm even trying to think of <laughs> a little uh, difficult. Everything was just so incredible. I think the highlight was Ooh, we, the painting thing, the, the color design of, of the screen. Oh, yeah. You loved that. that was, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like half awake, but like, <laughs> it was... So we were able to get inside their creative labs and really – I used to paint when I was little. I, I still love art. I'm like super artsy. Everything I still do on art. in the marketing world is still – I still tie back to things I learned in the it's art It's creative. World. It's creative. I love it. So they took me to this lab and I was just like half asleep, just like barely looking at the screen because of the jet lag. And then all of a sudden they take me back into this painting room and that's where they have – uh, canvases of paint just the whole canvas is just a layer of blue paint black paint yellow paint white paint and then they let you seep in using the paintbrush and dropper pick up certain colors and let it seep the paint as it eases through and actually creates an art piece as it's actually flowing naturally using gravity through through the the paint canvas it's just wet paint it was cool and that's kind of how Apple Apple has like designed. creates the they call yeah. it it was their theme lab. It's a yeah the theme lab and they're able to using certain colors they're able to just I'm looking at one on Apple does this too and it's just impressive just looking at how the color just flows. Um, like Apple has done it with their old iPhone X 3D Touch. Where you, the yep. harder you press, the more the color bleeds through. I'm yep. actually doing it right now on my my older iPhone X, um, and it's just. 
it was amazing, and I was just mesmerized by how they actually have real people doing it. It wasn't. Yeah, completely... I thought it was completely digitized, but they sure. used real. It was literally something I could have set up in my bedroom. Obviously, with without a red camera, without but, cool yeah. cameras. <laughs> that but the red. They had like a hundred thousand dollar red on top of it with macro and micro. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, what? Yeah, like, Yushan was playing with the paint. Uh, he could have been there all day. Yeah, I literally could have sat there and just designed stuff. It was just so much fun, just looking and watching how the paint seeps, and then yep. have, they had microscoped down to like a very zoomed in level and we could see it on a screen yep uh wow so something i think was another highlight of mine was vr and i want karen to touch on this because we played the most insane like virtual reality team building game and if you're not familiar with vr i'm sure a lot of you are but they had an entire vr lab with some of the most amazing products and services when it comes to attending a concert in a vr fashion and they were just talking about all these different pieces that they're trying to put together when it comes to like attacking the vr space and they're crushing it but karen what would you say like just from our experience in that lab and we played that game together like what was your experience in that world because that was definitely a highlight for me so the biggest takeaway from that um that i learned is huawei doesn't make the games they make the technology behind it and one thing that they really emphasized towards us was the idea of a cloud cloud vr so instead of having to you know actually get a high-tech computer um download all this software you know take a while for things to load which is very expensive for the average consumer instead they want to develop an interface of having this cloud where you can easily upload whatever game whatever you want to like netflix streaming but for vr and so they had various vr headsets that we could put on um from seeing your favorite singer sing in front of you um, to you being in a basketball court. Um, But one that Casey and I both interacted on was they had this whole room set up with cameras all above you in the ceiling. Like the whole room was set up made for this specific game where you would walk onto this plank and if you like jumped off the plank then you died. It felt (laughs) so real. And so I was on one end and Casey was on the other end and I had uh, my two my two physical hands were in the game and so I had to grab this torch and light the torch and then pass the torch on over to Casey but he was on the other end of the bridge with a giant gap in the middle so it's either like I had to lean over and possibly risk falling over into the void below me or you know jump over to the other side of the plank and pass the torch to Casey and that was the whole point of the game very simplistic and I'm sure they're going to advance that in the future but the whole concept of it was crazy because for a a straight minute I was like wow like if I jump like (laughs) I'm dead like game over it brought the questions of like oh is real life a simulation like how is how is VR so real like if you think about real life but that's a whole another topic yeah Yeah. I I see it as a huge like it already is like the advancement in the gaming world like we did the flight tests and all that sort of stuff and I've seen VR before but this was the most yeah I would say just complex way I've seen it imagine being able to like train like 15 year olds on how to drive in a car simulation or like even younger they can start off at 11 where yep. you actually feel like you're driving and you can yeah. just drive the car as if you're there without crashing anything so you crash the car in the simulation so yep. it that's how it felt when I was just flying the virtual reality uh, airplane tests and the team building exercise where you trust the other person with your life to where you like if you make one wrong move you fall and die yeah uh, in the game yeah well uh, speaking about cars what exactly was it that they showed us when it comes to like the autonomous driving they won one of these competitions what what exactly was that again oh one hundred percent so <laughs> China is so far ahead in making sure the planet is green uh, all their public transportation buses are and taxis are all all of them every single one electric and if you see a green license plate that means it's electric it's green so That's the so USA cool. should do something like, like that, that. The, I was like wow green license plates I'd low-key love to have <laughs> a flex I'd, I'd rock that like, I mean I, that versus you know trying to push the paper straw agenda it's you know China is far ahead with the electric oh, yeah. cars 100% so so they're ahead on the the green side of things they're they're paper straws there were paper straws everywhere paper forks and knives yep that were melting after 30 minutes of use. I was just like, bruh. So it was quite impressive just seeing that side of things. But then to, to piggyback on what Casey was saying was the cars. Not only are they green and they don't use gas, but they're also completely elect- They're completely self-driving. And their tech to self-drive is so much more advanced than the USA. Like I've driven a Tesla before. Yep. I've been behind the wheel and I've seen their autopilot in use. But we're talking about full and complete like autonomous driving 
Completely. Yeah. And we they, saw simulation after simulation. We saw probably an hour worth of simulation. Yeah, we sat there and... I was sitting there with my eyes barely open yeah, just yeah. watching this car like go through simulations. Uh, like real life uh, running the car mm-hmm. on the actual Chinese road. I think one of the coolest things that I learned from that, like, that exact lab was they were saying with 5G... Once that's compatible with all the cars and stuff, like the difference between how fast a car can access the data of its surroundings, like that could be between life and death when it comes to when they are notified that a car in front of them has stopped. Without 5G, it's an extra meter or two meters that it could like delay. And seeing that they're using the 5G and the self driving cars to like make it where everything's instant. Sort of like you said, when you're, if you want to download a two-hour movie with 5G, you can click download it and it's downloaded Don, in a second. We're talking about like being able to connect with people in literally real time. Yeah. Like, if you think it, you can do it. 5G is going to be the next biggest thing. Which is still a concept that's even, for it's me, hard to understand lie. because to me, I feel like things are instantaneous already, but in reality, it's it's not. Well, there's lag. There's massive there's, lag. There is lag. It takes time. How long, example. Take, how long does it take you How long does it take you to upload this, vlog, uh, this uh, podcast? Probably, like, for an episode like this, which is almost an hour, probably almost five to eight minutes. Yeah, and that's okay. on, like, fairly fast Wi-Fi. We're getting about... But imagine instantaneous. On the Gigablast Giga Blast plan with, uh, with, with Cox. Cox. So it's it's insane just seeing that. And that's their top-of-the-line internet. With 5G, it could be just instant and done. Instant. And I'm excited to see what this does for the world, where how quickly we can connect with each other and what changes this will bring, whether oh, it's surveillance. To bring or... that back in relation to the car theory or the car simulation, um, the reason why they want to push 5G so hard is if you imagine, you know, autopilot, there, there's a big difference, you know, between, um, a, they, they mentioned something like 0.5 seconds versus 0.1 second like of, life and death of making a decision with that car yeah. or, you know, moving a signal. It's literally a life or death decision. So I, I am curious as well of how that's going to be implemented and how widespread that's going to be used in the future. So I want you to think about this. Someone's listening right now and they see all this negative news about Huawei in the U.S. Like, what do you say to that individual that may still be just questioning, oh, why did these individuals go there? Are they evil? Like, just all these <laughs> questions that we were getting on Instagram, like, what would you guys say to that person that's still skeptical about the brand, the company, and what they're doing? And if you guys are skeptical and have research, like, send it to us and explain your reasoning. We're here to take in opinions, but Ishan, what would you say after getting the full tour and experience and access to meet the team and access to the campus? What would you say to the people that may still be skeptical about the brand and what they're doing and just the way they view it? I think they need to do their own research, Um, not just read all the headlines and the news anchors that are just going off on it, but actually see that Huawei tech is phones are used in Europe. They're used all around the world. Um, And. Huawei isn't afraid to lose the USA. $30 billion. They, the CEO was very clear. Like, if we lose the USA, so be it. He he wasn't... When you're rich, you're rich. <laughs> he wasn't really... Like, he isn't going to wait. Like, Huawei yeah. is... They're changing going, the world. They're already compensating Europe. Huawei isn't going to wait for the USA. And yeah. I think... I, think I thought the, they were so advanced, bro. I th- this whole time, I thought the USA was so far ahead of the curve. And maybe they are. Maybe they're just not maybe releasing Maybe they're holding the back on purpose. Maybe. Aliens. But that's a whole other theory. Aliens are real people. <laughs> oh, Lord. And we're not going down that. So, uh, Casey Adams is a flat earther, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No, I went to China. We went. He was actually circle. mesmerized by seeing the, uh, the the arc of the Earth. He actually pointed and started screaming at it. So, <laughs> I was like, Whoa. like, "This is simulation, fake news." Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, but I, I would say to people who are still you know skeptical is to keep questioning. It's it's always good to question. But don't believe and don't let other people form your opinions for you. But how are research anything. it? On yourself, listen to different viewpoints, and at the end of our, the day, our viewpoint is still very biased. We were brought in by Huawei. Yeah, don't even listen to us. <laughs> yeah, we were we were brought in <laughs> by Huawei. Sure. We were wined and dined. We were shown around, and the things oh, they were going to say us. from us are the, the things they're going to say to us are things that you know they're going to side with positively. So we even our opinion is biased. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's your job to possibly go test out the phone and actually see the tech behind it. Like everyone's like. Oh, they have all your data. Like, so does Apple. So does every other app on your phone. Like, I was trying to, like, 
Facebook. Access, I was trying to access Airbnb, and for me to like log into Airbnb, I have to give them my entire contact folder. Every single one. So just think about that. Think about that the next time you think that you are above the curve and you think that, oh, cool, we have privacy. Do you really? <laughs> Real quick, too. So the way that there's so much PR, right, and, like, stories about Huawei, like, for someone like yourself that's been in the PR world and, like, you can kind of orchestrate these headlines, like, what's your opinion, Ishan, in terms of, like, how they're being presented from a press yeah, I mean, the press jumps on anything that they can as long as it's a controversial headline. Like, I pitch story after story after story to media, and they don't pick it up unless someone's getting hurt or there's someone that's impacted severely. Yep. And on both ends of the it's good, good and bad spectrum. Yep. It's, suppose, like, the media doesn't care about you going to work and having a good day. Like, they or, care. or it doesn't care about all the good stuff while they don't doing. 99% of the news the is all negative. It's quite scary if you go look at the most recent headlines. It all tends to be press that's, like, very, very, like, wow, that really happened. And they they try to one-up their terrible headlines. <laughs> They're like, oh, this person just killed this thing. And then, they, oh, they just killed this thing and this thing. Yeah. It's just like, it just keeps like keeps one-upping and like to the point where like we're getting desensitized by these headlines. Yep. Like, oh, here we go again. And it's just like so crazy just being, I've been in the PR world. I've been on political campaigns. I've seen how, how bad it can get and how stretched the truth can get from what the reality is. And it's everyone's, interpretation of what actually happened and that's the biggest thing is we have a communication issue we have a huge communication issue in the pr world and people aren't talking about that it's our definitions of certain words one word and one sentence can completely change what that entire sentence means and people tend to forget that on and how these there are people that are just masterminds at crafting these these headlines are creating emotion in us and it's almost to the point where like wow, what's real anymore? What can we trust? What news outlets are actually reliable? We went to school like thinking like, oh, this is all like facts. Yeah. Like, we would like cite them in our our, our papers. Yeah, like, yeah. Can we? Like, is there anything as unbiased anymore? And what this whole political like wave that has just come through with, with Trump, we're really seeing the full effect of that. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I want to touch on just to kind of just geared towards the end of this show is like when I got back from China from visiting Huawei I was just very intrigued about like my perception going into it I was really had no idea what to expect and like after going to the campus on the labs and then being here like I have a completely different perspective of what Huawei is how they treat their customers so what would you say was like your overall lesson of the company that you learned that you'd want to put out to the listeners today that could just give them more insight of someone that has truly experienced the company like face-to-face? I think that Huawei is the future. I think that Huawei is going to be... <laughs> That's a very bold statement. No. I, I, but I agree. From what I've seen, like their 5G tech, their, what they've been able to do with their cameras... What they've been able to do with their battery life. Yep. Like, they're ahead of the curve, at least from what they're putting out to the public. Maybe Apple's way, way ahead of things, and they just choose they're... to be very slow at rolling out things. Mm-hmm. Kieran actually brought up that point the yeah, other 40 day. 40 years, Hardy. Like, <laughs> and they'll still buy them. <laughs> yeah, so, like, Apple might be holding, I mean, it's hold... a strategy, and, it, you know, it's been proven to be out there yeah. already. If you so, work for Apple, it, let's Come go. on, roll it out. Come roll on. Roll it out. <laughs> let's go. So, what I'm saying is, like, Huawei tech, like, their phone, like, I can zoom in to something 55 feet away and have crystal clear quality and see what's on their shirt. Which is scary. Like, what is privacy? It's so cool. <laughs> like, we were privacy. we were what in Best Buy and like we couldn't read from like 100 feet, like the back of a bo- like, the back of the box, the box on a new yeah. TV, and we zoomed in from like 100 feet away using our fingers can, in a phone. Yeah, using our fingers, yeah. and you can read it crystal clear, clearly. Insane. Craziness. And like, like, test it for yourself. And the the macro micro features of it or the micro features of it are just insane. It can zoom into like the follicles of your hair. It's just Yeah. So the, overall you think they're the future. That's a your summary of like I mean, their tech on phones. My I think there's they're building five G towers that are just gonna be Yeah, it's so ahead. so much to take in. maybe I mean I'd love to if there are any US companies out there that are killing it too, bring us out. We'd yeah, love to do know. something similar. Like 
if you know of any companies that are just ahead of the curve like like the truth is like like if the USA completely does ban Huawei they would have to pull out towers that are in rural areas that farmers and and country folk like rely on and they would have to yeah. replace it with other towers that are closer to the Chinese government yep. our tech unfortunately all comes from overseas and believe it or not it's made not, in China it's made in China like look around you right now how many objects do you have that says made in China you'd be surprised like dang my bicycle's made in China like it's like, it's quite scary just to think about how much how many products we use overseas from overseas not just China but from India from like you've I have shirts from Pakistan I've like all kinds of things from different places very rarely do I see stickers like made in the USA and when it's there it's huge yeah it's <laughs> made in America very, loud. <laughs> very loud like that thing is engraved into it yeah so. yep. I, I think my biggest takeaway in general is ignorance realizing how how much of a bubble america is in oh let's pop that like us as americans are just all my international friends have told me america there's they're so proud of themselves you know nationalists but they don't realize that they aren't the best because there's things going on outside of it i don't think americans are ever attuned to anything that's happening outside of the u.s which is a cultural difference between us and the rest of the world and i think that's a bubble that we can pop and should be popped through time be open-minded don't just believe in everything actually explore for it get on a plane fly like the biggest the, the biggest way for you to become more open-minded is to travel oh, if you 100%. can't travel like listen to more things like this here are different perspectives on both sides of the spectrum yep yep i was very trust me i was not like i wasn't looking forward to china because i've just i've I was oh everyone's always... were like running out like this is where i'm gonna be these are the people i'm with I'm yeah we, we had to yeah. write out we had to write a out a full like manifesto of like what we were emergency number yeah like because our parents were concerned but when we went there it was just just like a normal place normal city but i mean we are going to a place seven thousand miles away so shout out to mom and dad that's true true. respect thank you so much for letting us do what (laughs) we do thank you for not putting us in a box so literally uh we're gonna be in a box inside of a bubble so yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's the move, but <laughs> and, 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 I, I, and, and I'm cra- curious. So, for people that are listening that may have questions for Karen or Ishan or just like overall our experience, we want to do like like we're going to be doing so much content. We'll be rolling out from we're our trip to Huawei everywhere. We have a lot of content to put out there from our vlog, so you can actually see inside of the places we can show you, whether that's the campus or the factory, whatever it is. We're going to be making sure we put out a bunch of content so that you can get more context of what the trip looked like, the people we were with, and just overall what we learned. And you can actually get some more insight rather than just listening to this. You can actually see and feel what we were talking about. So make sure you stay tuned for the content. Yeah, and subscribe for, to Cutie Karen. Yep, subscribe to my channel. I'll have a full vlog there okay, coming this week. Well, here so. we go. All right, so <laughs> on the road to one mil. <laughs> what is it? You're at 700. Uh, what is it? Almost 740,750. You started YouTube how long ago? Just a uh, recap. Just a year and a half ago. That's crazy. So. I've been working on social media for three years. But That's insane. That's, that's insane. That's a whole other podcast. But, like, yeah, another but podcast. don't forget, Casey Adams founded social media. <laughs> Modia. <laughs> no, but um, to wrap it up, to just to get people falling off their seat. They're on the edge of their seat right now. They, they want to know, like, Ishan, you went to Huawei. You think they're ahead of the curve. Just If you had to summarize, like, a one word or one sentence statement about what Huawei not did to you, but the way you feel about their company afterward. Mine would be, I would just say like a genuine company that's changing the world. If I had to summarize it, there's a lot of different ways I could play it, but what would you have to just say to summarize it? So Huawei is really, yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. Huawei is really ahead of the game. And they're very open about their tech. They're, re- they're releasing state-of-the-art products. And their the processes behind that are very public and clear. They were very open about their research, from their creative to their factories. Like There were very, very, very few people yeah. on their uh, production lines. Very few humans. It was all automated and computerized. Um, they had mood boards in their factories where every worker... All, all I think there were... Very, I was looking around and I, I just saw wall to wall. It was very far, almost to the point where I could see a horizon line in the hallway. But um, <laughs> I noticed there were like mood boards and the workers had classrooms. And it was 
very open space. It wasn't like what I was expecting when I would see a Chinese factory. When I when I saw documentaries of how Apple iPhones are made, like people are falling asleep on the production line. It's person after person, manual labor. This was all automated. This yeah. was all computerized. Yeah. Like there's one person looking over 15 different computer systems and they have lights above it that turn from yellow to blue to green to red if, if they yeah, need to yeah. fix things. Oh, there were little robots roaming around picking yeah, up there were boxes robots and, putting, boxes. and storing them away. I'm like, a person could have done that, but yeah. automation. They they invested in a $100,000 like, on-wheels automatic robot yep. instead of breaking someone's back. And that's one thing I think Americans need to understand is we need to automate our systems and processes yep. and have people oversee them. Yep. Have more skilled workers working on more skilled things rather than doing manual labor like flipping patties or sticking yeah. buttons and holes all day. Yeah, and last thing from my perspective, I think this is really cool. So Huawei is a pub, uh, private company, excuse me, and what they say, they put 10% of year of annual revenue to development. Wasn't it more? No, 10%. You remember 10%? 10% okay. or fi- no, 15%. I think I, yeah, I, I thought 15%. it was 25. I can't remember. No, 15. 15. Okay. Guaranteed. Yeah. Shout so, out to Chase. Yeah. So but they, into they, development. And they're able to do that and because not Because they're on, private. Because they're private. They don't have to worry about catching their numbers every single quarter, every like every year. It's like they have way more runway to not mess up, but to test. Yeah. And I think that was one of my biggest takeaways. And I, because I asked the question, I was like, are you guys ever thought about going public and they're like no because they have that access and have that was this, one of my biggest takeaways they have all sure. this runway they take off and land if anything happens yep. and, I, I, and no I, one can see it publicly yeah it's, it's <laughs> great it's it's incredible and then maybe that's something I'll take away from this 100% maybe down the road if I ever had the chance to, to hold things to myself quietly instead of going public public <laughs> might not be the best yep so yeah so yes any last words or can we wrap this thing up uh, this podcast was not sponsored by Walmart. No, we, we actually <laughs> we did not get it. paid. Like, we did not. Get, I wanted to say that straight. I was like, we have not gotten paid That's at all. Big, to wrap this up, we so did, we can we say whatever we no, want. No, I'm serious though. Like, I, I can sit here and talk trash about the company freely. I, I chose to take this opinion on this side of things because of how mesmerized and how blown away. And I think it's we our all truth. Were. It's how we yeah. felt. And yeah, I'm very excited to see where it continues and what comes of Huawei in yep. the news. And Casey Adams is actually getting a Huawei tattoo. Stay tuned. Yeah, <laughs> no, right across have, his forehead. I have no tattoos. But um, <laughs> that being said, I'm going to be doing a full interview with Ishan. We can talk more about Huawei personally and as well as Karen about her journey, about what they do, about how this came about, and about what we're working on moving forward. So that being said, make sure you follow Ishan, follow Karen, stay connected with them on the grand, send them a DM. And that being said, make sure you leave a review and a rating on iTunes because once we hit 600 reviews, that is when the next storyboard drops on Instagram at Rise of the Young. So make sure you check that out. Share it with a friend and let us know what you thought of this episode. Shout out to Huawei for this amazing trip. And I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Peace.